Zach Levine. Vince Carter. Zach Levine. Vince Carter. Zach Levine. Vince Carter. High screen checks. He does this excellent as well to shoot. Carter. Carter. You take it for granted. Take it for granted. We're taking him for granted. inaugural episode of NBA Now and Then, we compare two explosive offensive players of their respective eras. Minnesota probably wishes they didn't pull the trigger on that trade. Their high-flying dunks are incredible. They don't call them half-man, half-amazer for nothing. Dunk champs for a reason. Imagine if these two squared off on an all-star weekend in their prime. We're excited to present to you Zach Levine and Vince Carter. I'm Uriah. I'm Maurice. I'm Lucas. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk NBA now and then. So, guys, I've been waiting for this for months. I've called on my three friends. It's like a super team. We're going to get into our first comparison. We are talking about Vince Carter. We are talking about Zach Levine. Let's start off with a general overview for our listeners, guys. Why are we talking about these two players? Lucas? I mean, it's pretty evident. They're they're the two top Skywalkers in NBA history, I think. Maurice? Two players whose offensive games are well-rounded. Both are known for their athleticism. Both highlight real exciting players to watch. And Ben. Vince Carter, um, greatest dunker of all time. And I think Zach Levine is underrated, but they're very similar. I think they have the two greatest uh, dunk competitions of all time and just really similar style of play. I agree, Lucas. They are amazing Skywalkers of their generation. Can't forget about Jordan and Dr. J. But that being said, there is no shortage of highlights when it comes to slam dunks for either of these two players. And we are excited to present these two in our first episode. So let's get to it. First quarter background. So now it's time to talk about young Hollywood, AKA flight eight, AKA Zach Levine. But before he got tagged, those nicknames, Zach Levine was born March 10th, 1995 in Renton, Washington. His parents, Paul Levine and Cheryl Johnson Levine were both athletes. His dad played pro football and his mom played college softball. Levine played three seasons of varsity basketball at Bothell High School in the state of Washington, where he averaged 28 and a half points, 3.4 rebounds, and two and a half assists during his senior year. Levine was named Mr. Washington Basketball, the AP Washington State Basketball Player of the Year, and was a member of the Parade All-America Basketball First Team. I like Zach Levine's stats. He was always a uber-athletic, as they call it, quick-twitch player. His dunking ability always stood out, but I like his overall game. The points are pretty high, actually, for high school because there's so few minutes. So I'm always impressed if, like, if you're if you're scoring over 25 mm-hmm. in high school. And then I just the what you said of biography, like, I always am interested when uh, both parents play different sports. So it feels yeah, like he does. just like he he just comes from like athletes, which which fits his game. So. He's got the good genes. I, I yep. agree. 
So after high school, Levine attended UCLA, but he only was there for one year. And unfortunately, uh, he was one of many guards on that team. Anybody want to take a quick guess who those guards were? I'm trying to remember what year he got drafted. So what year was that at? Uh, 2014. 2014. I'm trying to remember who else came out in that draft from UCLA. And I can't. It's not Westbrook. That's way before. One that. plays for the Clippers and played for Toronto. Got a championship. Norman Powell? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Norman okay, Powell. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah, he play yeah. point guard for UCLA too? I, I believe so. But yeah. here's the thing, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Zach Levine started just one game. As really? good as he was, he started just one game. It's interesting. Zach Levine not playing a lot. It, it kind of reminds me of Devin Booker in a way. I know we're not talking about him yet, but Devin Booker also didn't start in college. So, you know, you don't necessarily need to start in college to have a good NBA career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in his only season, Levine averaged at UCLA 9.4 points and two and a half assists. He did shoot 37.5% from three-point land. And although he was a reserve player, he helped the Bruins win the Pac-12 tournament, and they advanced to the Sweet 16. Rest in peace, Pac-12. Yes, rest in peace, Pac-12. <laughs> Levine only scored at double digits once in that run, but he made the Pac-12 all-freshman team. Soon after, he decided to put his name into the 2014 NBA draft. Exactly who were Levine's influences growing up? Anybody want to take a shot at that? I'm going to guess the guy that we're going to be comparing him to. Mm, probably. That's what I said, but I, I said Kobe. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Kobe and Michael Jordan. Kobe, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, okay, well, let's check it out. Growing up, you know, I'm a big Kobe fan. You know, Kobe's my idol. I don't know why I love his competitive spirit. You know, people may call him cocky and arrogant, but, you know, I feel like he just has a lot of confidence in his game. He put a lot of hard work, and, you know, he's a killer. Uh, Kobe's always been my idol. So, Ben, anything about uh, Zach Levine before we get to Vince Carter about his college experience? Anything stand out to you? I think what stands out is the the coach, because we forgot a name. Drew Holiday didn't start as well. And just the amount of guards that UCLA gets in the recruiting, they get like the top-notch guards come out of UCLA. So it's, it's not surprising he didn't start. I don't, I don't know who the coach was back then. I'd have to look that up. But yeah, not, surprised, not surprising he didn't start. The UCLA team did have a pretty stacked, at least backcourt. Looking back at it, we could say he should have started, but, you know. He played with Norman Powell at UCLA, Kyle Anderson, and Jordan Adams. So, Lucas, anything stand out to you from Zach Levine's college career? Probably should have started over Jordan Adams. Uh, Jordan Adams was a fringe NBA player that didn't last too long. I think he's playing overseas now. Just goes to show you, college is only a rough estimation of what a player can be. Doesn't mean that it's going to be set in stone. There's been great college players that didn't end up doing anything, a.k.a. Sean May, Tyler Hansborough, or just two that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And then, you know, guys that don't start in, in college and then show up big time, like Zach Levine, Devin Booker. I'm sure there's others. So going to college for, like, NBA prospects can only help you so much. Absolutely. So now that we've talked about Zach Levine, we're going to move on over to a Hall of Fame player. Actually, no, he's not a Hall of Fame player yet. Let me take that back. Eventually, he will be. But we're talking about Air Canada, half man, half amazing, like Maurice said, Vince Sanity, a.k.a. Vince Carter. But before he earned those nicknames, he was born Vincent Lamar Carter in Daytona Mm. Beach, Florida, January 26, 1977. 
Growing up, he was the only seventh grader to ever play on Campbell Junior High's varsity basketball team as a starter. Carter scored more than 2,200 points in his high school career, recorded more than 985 rebounds, 335 assists, and he led his team to a Class 6A state championship in 1995. Carter was a McDonald's All-America, Florida 1995 Basketball Player of the Year, High School Honors USA Today. He was voted to the USA Junior National Team, and he played in the World Championship. Real quick, anybody know what else Carter was known for in high school? You're asking what else was he famous for besides basketball? I'm going to take a wild guess and say football, but I have no idea for sure. Nope, not football. It's the band. He was in the band. Yes. Yes. Was he in the band? Yes, he was. He played uh, saxophone. I think he was going to be a drumline major. So he's pretty nasty when it comes to his musical skills. And the other thing I, I researched that I found out is that he was on the volleyball team. So there, can you imagine? Are, yeah. Could you imagine being like waiting for him to spike the ball at you and he goes up? Oh with, man. With them hops. Them hops. He has uh, more uh, than yeah. hops. Yeah. And he's <laughs> more than hops. <laughs> so I think he did track too. If I I don't know. I feel like he was on his track team. I read that somewhere. Yeah. He's like a high jumper. Nice. That wouldn't surprise. surprise me at yeah. all. Yeah. So real quick, let's go now to his UNC days. Carter helped the University of North Carolina make some noise when he was there. He attended UNC 1995 through 1998. His junior season, Vince Carter earned the best field goal percentage and defensive player of the year awards. He averaged 15 points, five rebounds, and almost two assists that year. Carter helped the Tar Heels make it to the Final Four in 1997 and 1998. He was the leading scorer in both games. Although he did not win, Carter was a finalist for the John Wooden Award and the National Player of the Year Award. Vince Carter was the fifth selection in the 1998 draft, and he was drafted by Golden State, not Toronto, all you uh, novice fans out there. Surprisingly, the Warriors traded him to the Raptors on draft night. How did he feel about being traded? Well, let's take a listen. I was a Golden State Warrior for all of 10 minutes, maybe. You know, I remember shaking, rest in peace, David Stern's hand, and he's like, congratulations. This is, you know, excited to see you play. I've seen you play in college. Like, oh, man, David Stern's, you know, knows. And then he said, hey, just wait right here real quick. It's about, I'm about I have to do an announcement. It's about to be a trade. And when he's like, there's been a trade. The the Toronto Raptors have traded the rights to Vince Carter, to you know, to the I mean, to, for for Vince Carter and sitting Antoine Jameson. I was like, wait, what? So let's back up. As I'm walking up on the stage, Antoine Jameson is standing to the right of the stage, and he's whispering. He's trying to tell me what's what. So all of these things you go through, and I couldn't hear because my heartbeat was beating. So mm-hmm. I was just so excited about the moment. And you think about shaking David Stern's hand and looking and smiling, and all of these things you see year in, year out. Now you're in that moment. It's like surreal. And then you're traded right there. It's like, okay. First, he had a stacked college team. Antoine Jamison was his teammate, drafted one spot ahead of him, traded the, obviously the swap there for Toronto. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Rashid Wallace on that team too? Wasn't he no, on one of those? No, teams? no. a year I earlier. Think, yeah, a year, year earlier. earlier. Okay. Shimon Williams. I think Ed Coda. It was a stacked team. Yeah, they made the Final Four twice. Ben, what what stands out to you about Carter's collegiate career? Defensive Player of the Year. It's interesting because it just shows like the difference between college defenses. Mm-hmm. Like he he never made an All NBA defensive team. Period throughout his career. So. 
his athleticism, obviously, the way they play zones in college. And what Lucas was saying, that stack team, he could probably cheat. And so that's the most impressive. And, and then also just like, I don't, have there ever been two teammates that were up for player of the year? Because Antoine Jameson won. So I don't know if that's ever been done. So that that's pretty impressive. Maybe um, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah. Kentucky? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that. like Kentucky's done it probably. Yeah. yeah, that defensive thing stands out yeah. um, to me. That's a good grab there. Maurice, you're, you're going to wrap it up here. What stood out to you about Vince Carter? Well, what stood out to me was – you can go back in time to Michael Jordan with uh, Dean Smith. You know, mm-hmm. when you're playing a restricted game in college, it sometimes doesn't equate to what your actual skill set is when you go to a more open game, which is the NBA. And I think that was the case for both Zach Levine and Vince Carter. Second quarter statistics. So, stats and numbers. Listen, we're not debating. We want you guys to get the facts, let it turn in your brains, and then you guys go online and you guys go at it respectfully. But we're going to give you some stats. And Lucas is the stat head of the group. So, I'm, But I'm going to play something real quick. Guys, just connect with this. Just listen to some of Zach Levine's highlights. A minute to go for the Bulls, up by six. See, look, there's triple T. Zach, come on. Oh, stop oh, it. no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But look, he's got Jackson on him. He's got Platoon on him. And then he got in the corner. I think that's Bledsoe who was watching him raise up. Raise up, young man. Bang, bang, bang. That was a beautiful setup. But Robinson unable to complete it. And a bad pass from Robinson. Levine on the steal. Drives and finishes. athletic guards in the NBA. Good slide of head. He's 6'6". Six, six. Burton 6'6". Six, six. Goodness. Here's Levine to the roll! Flex on him, Zach Levine! Oh, get up, side slammer, jammer! Woo! All right, so guys, we're going to talk about Zach Levine's stats first. Zach Levine comes into the NBA currently at 6'5", and roughly, and you know, NBA measurements are never perfect, 200 pounds. So 6'5", 200 pounds. He's worn number eight, both in Minnesota and currently with the Chicago Bulls. His best season comes with the Chicago Bulls in his seventh year in the NBA. He averaged 27 points, five rebounds, 4.9 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.5 blocks, only three and a half turnovers for a high usage player and 2.4 personal fouls. He also shot 50.7% from the field on 19.4 field goal attempts and shot 41.9% from the three-point line on 8.2 attempts per game. His highest point game ever was in 2021 when he had 50 points. He's also had a game where he has had 14 rebounds and 14 assists. He had a career high of five steals in 2000 in the 2019-2020 season. What are your guys' reactions to that? I'm going to start with Uriah first. The first reaction is that 50% last season. That, that That's pretty good for a guard. We all know that he has a, a lethal shot, just such a fluid shooting motion. And the only other thing that really stood out was, like you mentioned, his jersey number, which it just hit me, Lucas, when you read it, number eight. 
He's worn yeah. a number eight for so long. Mm-hmm. And then the Kobe connection, I'm like, he's wearing eight for a reason. I didn't even make that connection until you said it, but you're absolutely right. That efficiency is crazy because he shoots volume on two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that 21, 21 season is nuts. And then it, his last couple seasons too. But yeah, I mean, this guy is just very underrated, I think, because he hasn't been on the best teams. So I think he's one of the more underrated guys in the league. For me, you could see the – you can see the style that he plays is so Kobe-esque for me. It's it, like Mariah said, the fluid jump shot like Kobe, the athleticism, the determination, the instincts on defense. It's mm. a lot of Kobe there. And, and you know, as we know, Kobe inspired so many players on and off the court in other sports as well. Carter to the rim! Extension and bangs it on bang up. Carter up top. Carter! Five tenths of a second remaining in the fourth. Carter, oh no! 1.5. 129, 127 in overtime. Nine assists and 16 turnovers. And what happens is the, the, the players out on the court don't trust one another that the ball is going to move. Oh, my. Carter with a little icing on the cake. Slow to get back also. He's got to watch from behind. Look out. Carter. Oh, what a delivery. Cool. So let's go ahead and get to Vince Carter. That was a sound effect from uh, some highlights of his career. So for the majority of his career, Vince Carter, you know, he's listed at 6'6", 220 pounds, so a little bit bulkier than Zach. He also wore 15 for all of his stops except for two. One was with, the, I believe, the Phoenix Suns in 2011, as well as with the Mavericks from 2012 to 2014, where he wore 25 for both stops. Otherwise, he wore 15 the rest of his career. So getting to his best season, the 2000-2001 season, when Vince had the best season of his career, he averaged 27.6 points per game, 5.5 rebounds. He also averaged 3.9 assists, 1.5 steals, 1.1 blocks. He also attempted 22.1 field goals and shot 46%. Then he also attempted 5.3 pointers per game and shot 40.8%. His highest point game ever was 51 points, which he reached twice. Once in 2000, the 1999-2000 season, as well as the 05-06 season. He had a game where he had 16 rebounds. He had another game where he had 14 assists. I'll start with Maurice this time. Maurice, what are your reactions to hearing about Vince Carter's career stats? Well, first of all, I think some of the debate goes into is he a Hall of Famer? And and I say absolutely he's a Hall of Mm -hmm. Famer. I agree. Vince Carter's stats, I would say, puts him in line, and and I want to go down lists, but he's definitely a, if you consider him a two-guard, top five, six ever with the thought of his longevity and a fun, uh, a quick fun fact, 
and this is not a fun fact for basketball. This is a fun fact for any sport. Vince Carter is the only player in NBA history to play in four decades. Yes, I remember hearing that when he was close to retirement. And I will say this about the position real quick, Maurice. Before he went to Orlando, he was purely a shooting guard. Since he was traded from the Nets to Orlando, he was switching back and forth between small forward and shooting guard. And he probably played small forward, especially towards the end of his career, just because he was bigger than most small forwards bulk-wise. So that's, that's what I would say about that. Okay. Yeah, that season was really special. I remember we were talking about it. They were comparing him to Kobe. That was the AI Vince Carter back and forth 50-point playoff. That was that year. So so I'm glad that you picked that, Lucas. Uh, What stands out to me is the efficiency from three. And I think kind of both guys have that. for their, their Vince was shooting a lot of threes for back then. Not to get into the teammates, but that was after Tracy McGrady left. So mm-hmm. the fact that... He was kind of that efficient with not that much offensive help was 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 pretty impressive. And yeah, I would say just his jump with the three point shooting when he came when he came to the league, they're like, oh, this guy can't shoot because the position he was in at North Carolina, he didn't really they didn't need him to do to be that. And I remember that being the biggest surprise, like, wow, this guy can shoot really, really well. And I think that's a part of his game that's really underrated was his mid range game, his fadeaway. It was very efficient. So that's something that always stands out to me. Vince Carter's career three-point shooting. He just was hes a really good volume three-point shooter. So I just before I go to your eye, I just want to mention something about his three-point shot. Outside of his rookie season, when he shot 28.8% from three-point line, there was only one other season in his career that he shot below 30%. And most of the other time, he shot above 34% or above. But there was only one other time. Does anybody want to guess which year that was that he shot below 30% besides his rookie year? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, Give you a hint. It was a first year with a new team, and it was in the last decade. <laughs> There's so many decades, though. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Maurice brought yeah. that up. Is it? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the last it's gotta be his last one. Last well, one, so right? No, you, you, it's not Atlanta. He did shoot thirty percent with Atlanta, but it was not. Was it the Mavs? First season. Was it the Mavs? No, it was not the Mavs. Right. Guess, Sacramento. Though. Nope. He There's played in Sacramento. That, oh, but. yeah, he did play one season <laughs> in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Man. He did rounds like Shaq. No, 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 no. No, there's a better comparison. He did rounds like Ish Smith. Oh, but Ishmith has a championship. Oh, don't hold, oh. don't hold that against Vince. Don't hold that against Vince. Sorry, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. But uh, tell us, what, what was it, Lucas? It was his first year with the Memphis Grizzlies at 38 years old. Wow. wow. I can't believe you guys forgot Grit and Grind. Come on, guys. I think we mentioned every team but Memphis. Yeah, yeah exactly. you did. You literally <laughs> did. I'm surprised he somebody yeah. got Sacramento. That was a good yeah. guess. Yeah. I forgot that he was on Sacramento until I was looking at the stats. Yeah. Okay, Uriah, your turn. Sure. So the one thing that st- – or two things was jersey number. I don't know why. Like, I love that you're giving jersey numbers. I didn't know he wore number 25. That, that really stands out to me when he was with Phoenix. And the other thing is his high assist total for his career, 14, which is – ironically, the same number as Zach Levine. I do recall, Lucas, when uh, watching highlights uh, this morning, underrated passer. Mm-hmm. Vince was doing behind the backs and no looks. And I'm like, man, because you're so used to seeing him in 
doing dunks and, you know, game winning yeah. three pointers. But I think he was uh, maybe an underrated passer to your point of playing forward and shooting guard. Adding that to his game definitely helped him throughout his career. Does anybody want to guess what season he had his highest assist total in? Vince? I'll give you, I'll give you the team. You okay. have to guess which which season. And I'll give you a hint. It was a season after something significant happened. It was with the Nets. I'll give you the number. It's 5.1 assist. Oh, oh. that's high for him. Uh, 05? No, not 05. Was it 07? Which part of 07? Oh, my God. <laughs> was Come it on, the Lucas, what are you doing? No, no, because 07 is broken up into... You, you know how this works. What month in 2007? No, 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 not, not like what is it the end of like the 2007 2007 oh, 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 You would be incorrect. It was this 0708 his first year not being an all-star. Okay. Oh, okay. Third quarter. Accolades. Oh, yes he is. What I tell you, he's Okay, you put Jordan on your back. You had to do something special. He says, I want a 50. I don't want 49. Don't want 48. Give me 50, New York judges. Give me 50. I said I was going to give this kid growing love. This is special right here. This is special. This is special. So Ben is going to take it away. Uh, obviously, that was from the dunk contest. I think 2015 it was. He had the the uh, Looney Tunes, uh, Space Jam, Michael Jordan jersey on, and he did that dunk. The, the crowd went wild. So uh, Ben, hit us with some accolades for Zach Levine. So Zach Levine's accolades are, I would say the uh, first, he's NBA All-Rookie second team. So he showed some promise right away. And then he actually won in his... Um, his sophomore year, he won the Rising Stars Challenge MVP. Hmm. And then in both those seasons, he was a two-time back-to-back NBA Slam Dunk champion. And in 2016, they say that's arguably the best, arguably the best dunk contest ever. Mm. He he beat out Aaron Gordon. <laughs> and what's interesting is the guy we're comparing him to. They say is the best. That was the best dunk contest ever. 2000. The 2001. Zach Levine is a two-time All-Star, back to back. Probably would be three if he didn't have an early season injury last year. So he's still, in my opinion, reaching his peak. Well, I think most people remember Zach Levine for the dunk contest. The second one is the second one is arguable between him (laughs) and Aaron Gordon. Zach Levine has always been a, I would say, Showtime type player. But what I mean mm-hmm. by Showtime is either he has the exciting exciting dunk or he has the electrifying pass or the game-winning shot. You know, something that puts him on the highlights. And once again, that's something that compares Zach Levine with Vince Carter. Highlight real type players. Yeah, I like that. And one other thing I'll say, I don't know if we mentioned it, he was the 14th pick. So he, he did kind of fall. So he surprised some people. He was a lottery pick, but barely. What about you, Uriah? What stands out to you? Young Hollywood. That's his nickname or one of them. Flight 8. Back to back. That is so difficult to do, especially now when NBA players are so reluctant to even participate 
in All-Star Weekend, or at least the dunk contest. But Zach Levine, those dunks, especially in 2015, were just ridiculous. I agree with you, Maurice. 2016 is a little bit uh, pushing the envelope there with Aaron Gordon. But the reality is, when it comes to accolades, he still has a lot of basketball to play. He's still so young. Uh, I think someone mentioned earlier, he's never really been on a really good team. So maybe he just didn't get, he's not getting his credit due. And as far as the rising stars, I think you said he won the MVP his second season, Ben. I think you said that. Yeah, his sophomore, he was the MVP. That doesn't mean a lot, I think, to the fans, you know, unless you're actually in the building watching them compete in that part of All-Star Weekend. But for these guys in the NBA, I'm sure they set goals. I'm sure that that's something that he has in his mantle at home and something that he's proud to share with, you know, show off to his kids. So so that All-Star Rising Challenge, uh, I, I completely forgot that he was in that. So, yeah, those are some some pretty good accolades for a young player. Well, it definitely stands out, the Rising Star Challenge, considering if you go back to, I'm going to pull up stats here for a second, Uriah, is that in his second season, he only averaged 14 points a game. Mm. Like, it wasn't showing that he was going to be like an all-star caliber player in his second season. I mean, yes, he was a highlight reel, but you can be in highlight reel, not be an all-star game. I mean, all-star level player, a.k.a. Gerald Green. <laughs> but, um no, it was that's that was the part that really surprised me would be the fact that and I believe yeah he was still in Minnesota at that point too so mm-hmm. that was a surprise. It, it is interesting, kind of looking back at early in his career because both guys won dunk contests early in their career, and kind of that was what put them on the map. Mm-hmm. That's where we we're like, who is this guy? Especially Vince in two thousand and uh, Zach. That's where people really got to see him because. <laughs> This guy, you have to remember, he was the 14th pick. In Minnesota, kind of, they drafted Wiggins number one and Carl Anthony Towns number one after him. So that's where they put all their like eggs in those baskets. So Zach was kind of like a little forgotten about, not to talk about the trade, but he was, he was traded for uh, a season and a quarter of Jimmy Butler. So I feel like Minnesota gave up on him too early. that this crowd wants to see. Vince Carter, who had told Kenny Smith that he has four dunks that no one has ever seen. All right, here is Vince Carter with his first dunk. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's, let's go home. going against the grain. That is unbelievable. This building just exploded and perfect on the scoreboard. All right. So Vince Carter's accolades are eight-time NBA All-Star, also eight straight from 2000-2007, an Olympic gold medalist in 2000, uh, two-time All-NBA in 2001. He was second team. In 2000, he was third team. NBA slam dunk champion in 2000. Again, arguably one of that's arguably one of the best dunk contests ever. I just got chills and, listening to that, guys. Just mm-hmm. so you know. Yeah. <laughs> that got that a dunk hyped. contest. Got like, a little hyped. No, no. Uh, <laughs> and where he famously played against his cousin, Tracy McGrady, 
NBA Rookie of the Year in 1999, All-NBA Rookie First Team in 1999, and interesting awards here, NBA Sportsmanship Award in 2020, and then the Time in Stokes Teammate of the Year Award in 2016. So this guy's a good teammate as well as uh, being a good player. And also, I think arguably, it's not on here, but arguably the best dunk of all time when he dunked over the guy in France. It's not on here, but I said to mention that. <laughs> All right, Lucas, you're up. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. For those that, you know, we're not recording uh, visual, but I raised my hand because I just wanted to say this about Vince Carter because you saw two sportsmanship-related awards at the end of his career. Vince Carter, the reason why he was able to stay in the NBA so long was, one, because he was still really good, but also he was a great teammate and old you know young teams wanted to have him on as a veteran and he still wanted to play and he could play on younger teams so i'm not surprised to hear about those two awards at all at towards the end of his career honestly he probably should have had more yeah and and it's it is interesting it's probably why he's a good uh he's a pretty good announcer too he's he's mm-hmm. likable so that that fits the sportsmanship and the teammate award all right uh maurice what did, what stood out to you and, and going back to what lucas says a lot of teams today need veteran leadership as we see all the time as we see all the time i think one thing for me that always stood out about vince carter was in the 03 we talking about dunk contest all-star weekend in the 03 year vince carter was selected as the starter for the all-star game but he gave up his spot to michael jordan yes 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 because he respected him and they were alums of north carolina and that told me right there, this guy is a is a historian of the game, and he's respectful. And this is the type of player and person that's going to go a long way in the sport. Absolutely, that's yeah, good. I like that's that. A, that, that. That was a good uh, little nugget there, more. Yeah, and he, um, I mean, he got criticized for it in Toronto, but he did he did prioritize his graduation as well before Game Seven. Yes, so I remember yeah, that. Yep, yeah, as we know, yeah. And they got they got the Sixers back with the Kawhi shot. All right, Uriah, you are up. <laughs> yeah, I think Vince Carter, that dunk, I, I remember watching that game when it happened, All-Star Weekend in the year 2000. I was in my college dormitory, and we like had a party in the lobby, and we had this big screen TV. When he did that first dunk that you guys heard, everyone was just, we were like Dikembe in the video, just his jaw dropped. Shaq had the camcorder in his hand. His eyes were like wide open. And and KG, Garnett just didn't even know what to do. He was frozen. So, uh, and I think Ray Allen fell back on the ground. His legs went in the air. So I think the dunk contest obviously is an accolade that because you mentioned Ben, arguably the best dunk of all time, at least in the dunk contest, that stands out to me. And the number of times, uh, how many times did you say he was all NBA, Ben? Only two, actually. Okay. But, oh. but he was second team in, in yeah. that 2001 season, Lucas mentioned he was yeah. second team. But that, that surprised me, too. Yeah. I thought he would have had a little, a little more. low. Very yeah, surprising. That, that I, think it, I think it has to do with the, fat, the era he was in. Maurice mentioned that there's a pretty big gap in, in arguably the top five shooting guards of all time. And he was in there with Kobe and AI. And even mm-hmm. D Wade kind of came in towards the end, so yeah. three of the top five were in his prime. So it, I think it was hard for him to make with with those guards. It was hard to make a team. Fourth quarter, teammates. 
You know, he's one of my best friends, you know, on and off the court and learning different things from him, him learning different things from me. It's It's been fun playing off each other. Um, but it, it, it's just we're, we're really close on having one of those offenses that's, you know, unstoppable, you know, with when we're both on, it shows. So before Maurice leads, uh, leads us into the fourth quarter of NBA Now and Then, episode one, uh, do you guys know who Zach was talking about in that clip? Cat. Nope, not cat. Was it KG? I'm gonna say Demar. I'm gonna it say Demar. Demar. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ben got oh. it. I, I thought it was K- old KG. Uh, he was talking about Demar Derozan. I think okay. they they were eliminated from the playoffs, and and the journalists they were asking him about the teammates and things. So too similar. They're too similar. All right, Maurice, your time to shine, man. All right, let's talk about Zach Levine's teammates. We're gonna start with Minnesota. That's where he was drafted. People don't realize that Zach Levine was drafted in the 2014 draft with his teammate, but he didn't know that at the time, which is Andrew Wiggins. As you all know, Andrew Wiggins was traded for Kevin Love in the uh, Cleveland, Minnesota trade. So Andrew Wiggins came along with Zach Levine to Minnesota. Uh, What do you guys remember about Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins? joining a young new roster at that time. Ben? I remember um, being in LA, I hear about UCLA guards. And I remember I remember Zach being like a high flyer athletic. But again, we were talking about he wasn't really used that much. So I thought he was drafted probably a little high, if I'm being honest, at 14, oh, wow. given how young he was and just how unproven he was. And... Yeah, just Andrew Wiggins was the unanimous number one pick. Like they, he was supposed to be the next LeBron. So I think really? it was well, all about. What, was yeah. he unanimous before somebody got injured? Though he, I think he was. Do you, do you remember well, who else was in that draft? Well, but he was. Yeah, he was injured, Lucas. But you know, I think we can I, agree. Andrew, that, would, Andrew would still have gone number one. I think. I don't. Oh. I heard no, mm. no, not according to know. Uh, not according <laughs> to a particular book about the process that came out. It was supposed to be Joel to Cleveland. Believe it or not. Yes. Ooh. And how things will have changed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> Listen, that backcourt. I guess. I guess Wiggins would be the the two guard, and Levine would have been the like the number three. I think, I think, or the number one. I think they could have had they stayed together. I think they could have coexisted. As far as skill set, they both were athletic, as was mentioned before. A young team that probably could have used the veteran uh, in the locker room. I think Kevin Garnett was there for for a hot minute, if I'm, if I'm not yes. mistaken. But I think Zach Levine playing with Wiggins uh, for that ephemeral point of time, I, I think it was interesting, but we all know the history. It's, you know, the trade happened. Here's a couple of fun facts about that first year, Zach Levine's first year. Andrew Wiggins was not the only first overall pick that got traded in that draft. Do you guys remember who the other one was? I'm sure you'll tell us. Yeah, Anthony us. Bennett. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait, yes. Bennett yes. was in that draft? Yes. No, no oh. he was in the year before. Oh, the year before. They no. traded okay. him as a part of yeah, that game number one pick. Yeah. Wow. That's true. So, that was so crazy. That. So he had two number one overall picks on that team that mm. he had to gel with. Obviously, Bennett was a bust. We all know that. That yeah. didn't gel well. And his first year, and I think part of the reason why he started out slow is that 
I think Minnesota wanted to try to play him at the one. And clearly he wasn't a one. And Andrew, at that time, did not want to play small forward. Andrew did not want okay. to play small forward. Andrew and Wiggins it, was – he was most definitely a three. Yeah, he's a, okay. he's a three now in, in Golden State. We all know that. But he did not want to play the three back then. And so if you, if they would have just played Zach at the two and Andrew at the three, I think that could have worked a lot better, a lot easier. Yeah. And look, I think – at the end of the day, Andrew Wiggins, his time in Minnesota, because I, I follow this closely at the time, Andrew was expected to do too much. His role in Golden State right now is perfect for him. It's kind of like in a Luol Dang type of role, which I like for him. He's not mm-hmm. he's like the number three, number four. And imagine and, and and I think Zach is best suited as a number two, number three. So if you got Andrew as a three, four in terms of like roles, and then you have Zach as a two, three, I think that works. And I think it could have worked. And yeah, I wanted to also mention in the 2015 season, they drafted with another number one pick, mm-hmm. Car Anthony Towns. Mm. Now, I know that they, I know we look at that team and you say, "Wow, Car Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins," but they really weren't that successful. But what they did was to kind of circumvent that. They brought in two leaders, veteran leaders. And Andre Miller, who's played everywhere, seems like he's played everywhere. He's played for about twenty something years, seems like. And they brought back their franchise staple, their leader, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. who spent his last two years after winning the championship with the Boston Celtics and also playing with the Brooklyn Nets. They brought him back to Minnesota to end his career. Now, I do have a quote. Mm-hmm. And this is from Bleacher Report, where Andrew Wiggins says, and I quote, this is his locker room. I'm actually kind of scared because I think he is going to say something about me in his locker. Zach Levine had Kevin Garnett's old locker. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Ooh. I got you. <laughs> I can see yeah. there could be some tension there. Yes. Now, you always want to, you know, give up your spot to the OG, like right. you mentioned with Vince Carter. But in this case, Kevin Garnett was like, hey, hey, young buck, you take that locker. I'll stay over here, but I'm watching you. (laughs) I'm watching you. I think that was smart. I think that was smart. Mm -hmm. You got to defer that locker. Let's talk about DeMar DeRozan. Them two together is a really good combo. Now, it hasn't worked as of this recording. It hasn't really worked well in Chicago. But the two of them play off each other really well. Both of them are athletic. Both of them have good mid-range jump shots. Both of them are skilled. They know how to get to the line. We don't know how that's going to turn out. He may get traded. He may not. But Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and unfortunately, they haven't had much time to play with Lonzo Ball. Unfortunately, many injuries. We don't know how that's going to turn out either. And just to sum, just to wrap it up, Nikola Vucevic. I like his game with Zach Levine, a guy who's down in the low post, doesn't mind grabbing a rebound, but he can also stretch the floor when need be. And like I said, as of this recording, the Bulls really haven't been successful with that lineup. But Lucas, what do you have to say? 
I just got to say this real quick about that Bulls. I think it would have worked, and we saw it working before Lonzo Ball's injury. Lonzo yeah. Ball made that work with his passing and oh, his yeah. floor spacing. I agree. And I got to give props to DeMar and him are great. I have no problems with them. But I got to give my props to Vucevic because before he got traded to Chicago, he was a really down low block guy. But now because they need his floor spacing because we know DeMar doesn't shoot that many threes, he's had to change his game so much to where he's just like like three and D, but you know, he's still not a really good interior defender. Underrated, but not not as good as he needs they need him to be. You got anything, Bay? What he was traded for for Jimmy, uh Markinen and and Levine, I I, I would have liked to see Chicago develop Markinen instead of bringing in Vucevic personally. So I feel I feel like Zach's Agreed. teammates, it's not necessarily his fault and it's a fit. And I like what Lucas said about Lonzo Ball, a lot of these guys, they lacked a, a good playmaker point guard as their teammate, like kind of still in their prime. And we mentioned Jason Kidd. He was, he was getting a little older for Vince. But yeah, I it's too bad. The time, Timing is everything. And I just think that I like the fit of, of DeMar with Zach, but I don't think there's enough defenders or playmakers around. I think they, they need a lot more defenders. If you're going to have that much – ISO, ISO kind of two guards, you need more defenders. So, yeah, that would be my take. I think I think the DeMar and Levine experiment can work. The roster construction has got to be way different. You're right. Yeah, you guys make great points. And Lonzo Ball, if he's on that team and he's healthy, especially when his jump shot was coming around, his vision, his instinct, the dude could be an all-star. You guys think LaMelo Ball. I think so. You think LaMelo Ball is Mr. Highlight Reel. I think Lonzo is is just as good in, in the open court. And to think about all the lobs that Bulls fans are missing out on because Lonzo Ball is not playing. Whether I think Zach Levine obviously would be the uh, recipient because mm-hmm. he can he can really get up. But as far as DeMar and uh, Vucevic, I, you know, Vucevic, I think he just got uh, re-signed with the Bulls. They clearly value his double-double mm-hmm. productivity, rebounds, and points. Not much defense like you guys were talking about, but I think DeMar and uh, Levine, if if they can really string something together and get some pieces like Ben was saying in the roster defensively, I think the Bulls can make some noise. Absolutely. And I just want to add one more thing before we move on. Centers-wise, he's actually had a decent amount of centers uh, go through his rotation. Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. before the Voots trade. <laughs> Uh, you also have Andre Drummond, who's arguably a top 10 rebounder of all time, mm-hmm. regardless of what else we think about him. Really good Joel backup. Or number one, in his opinion. Yeah, he thinks one. he's number one of all time. <laughs> look, More than Rodman. <laughs> look, 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 come on, You can Andre. make the argument for me for top five. Barkley. He's I better could, than Barkley. I could, I could make an argument for top five, but not number one. Come on, dude. Hey, I'm just saying what the man said. Look, look, Andre. look. I mean, I'm not even – okay, hot – hot. now, you said no hot takes here. No, okay, no hot takes. No hot takes. I'll yeah. tell you guys afterwards all right let's let's transition (laughs) all right so we have a quote from vince carter uh by the end of the quote i want you guys to tell me who you think he's talking about and the context that you need is that he was just traded to a new team not going to tell you what team he's traded to a new team i was fortunate enough to play with him in the olympics in 2000 and as well as Puerto Rico two summers ago, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so we kind of have an idea and a feel of our, each other's game. Is it Kobe? No. Then you got to give us a hint, dude. Jason Kidd. 
crazy all-star point guard, one of the best passes of all time. Maurice, tell us about some of the teammates that Vince Carter played with. Well, Vince Carter has played 22 seasons, so he's had a lot of teammates. So I'm going <laughs> to narrow it down as much as I possibly can. But yeah. I am going to start with the team that drafted him in 1998, the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. We know that Vince Carter played with his cousin, Tracy McGrady, mm-hmm. who really didn't have a a lot of success there. He was playing as a backup. I don't think he started until his last season there, which was in 99. And he signed with Orlando, 2000. As we've seen in the dunk contest, Tracy McGrady had a lot of potential mm-hmm. and it went on to become, in some people's eyes, maybe even a better guard for his short span of his career with the Orlando Magic. Also, a lot of people don't remember Vince Carter played with an aging Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, wow. did you guys remember right? He did. Yeah, he did. Oh, he I forgot did. about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say um, there was an NBA Classics game and he played with like an old Charles Oakley too. He he played with all these like nineties guys, and Antonio Davis obviously. Yeah. But didn't he play with Chris Bosh for a season two? In Toronto? Yeah, because yes, Bosh was drafted in the the D was Bosh in the D Wade draft. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. three. Oh three. So he played a couple seasons with them then. Yeah, right. Teammates wise, he he played with Steph Curry's father. Del Curry, Del Curry which is crazy. Yeah, he played with Del Curry, ah. who was a who okay. was a sniper for the Raptors, and they they went to a couple of playoff series, I believe. But I think the the teammate that really stands out to me is Jason Kidd. The vision and the instincts that Jason Kidd brought to that team, the highlights of Ali Dunks to Carter, is so fun to watch. Yeah, and going back to Jason Kidd, um, when Vince Carter was traded to the Nets, this is another fun fact. Throughout Vince Carter's entire career, the teammate he's had the most success with was Jason Kidd with 181 wins. Wow. Mm. Wow. Now, this is a 22-year career. Mm-hmm. So if you have one six, and, and you know, they, they played with each other also in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, in Dallas. So for the first three, excuse me, the first four teams Vince Carter played for, he's played with Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. That's a good Tracy point. Tracy McGrady, Elijah Wan, Jason Kidd, Dwight Howard, future Hall of Famer, and Dirk Nowinski. Oh, I forgot about Dirk. Yeah. That's a good grab. Hey, uh, what about Phoenix? Any uh, Hall of Famers in Phoenix that he played with? Steve Nash. Oh, mm. that's a good one. That's wow. Good one. Some good point guards. Go ahead, man. Yeah. I would say um, I like your Uriah's take on the J- Jason Kidd because the thing that shocked me the most about looking up Vince was he had a playoff series where he averaged 30 points in like a couple yeah. rounds with New Jersey. So he had really – people sleep on how good he was in Jersey this first couple years. But honestly – McGrady, once he got to Orlando, that's the biggest miss. We missed out on like a pretty impressive. I think that that team, uh, T Mac and and Carter in their prime, I, they would they would have won NBA championships. Not, well, I think just out of their yeah. talent, out of yeah. their talent, uh, yeah. if they just would have been a little more patient and smart, it's hard to. I, I get well, that it's hard to keep players in Toronto. It's a different country, mm-hmm. but anyway. But the question is, 
before you go, Lucas, but the mm. question is, could Vince Carter and Trace McGrady work together? Mm. Yeah, there's. Oh. I think so because T-Mac's about 6'9", and Vince actually can play the three, so I think you can interchange them. Again, with the right point guard, again, going back to the Zach Levine thing, both these guys have struggled mm. with either past their prime or, or – or, but it seems to be – that definitely could have worked out. That's a good problem to have. Well, I'll say this and not to get too off topic with Tracy McGrady here. Tracy McGrady just missed out on good teammates altogether when he went, you know, him and Vince weren't on the same timeline. And then you had, um, when he went to Orlando, Grant Hill injury problems, and then Houston, Yao Ming injury plot problems, plus his own. All right, let's, let's skip forward a little bit, you know, 22 years. We'll go to the end, his time with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, did you know, I have another fun fact, mm-hmm. did you know when Vince Carter was acquired, well, signed a con- one-year contract with the Atlanta Hawks, there was four players on that team, on that roster, that was not born when <laughs> Vince Carter was drafted. I'm not surprised. Can, I'm you, not. Guys, can you guys give me a name or two? Okay. okay. Trey Young. Trey Young. That's one. Yeah. That's one. That's one. DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter. Oh. Yes, that's two. Jalen Kevin Johnson. Hoarder. Well, Kevin Herter is in one. Is Jalen okay. Johnson another one? No, he wasn't drafted. He was drafted after he like, retired. Okay, um, Clint Capella. No. Oh, no, the no. guy from USC. The center oh. from USC. What's his name? Uh, Bruno Fernando. Oh, come on, guys. Everybody knows Bruno Fernando. Come on, <laughs> come on y'all. Where have y'all been the past four years? And, and, and Lucas is actually not oh, DeAndre. Bruno, that's right. It's, it's not DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. It was actually Cam Reddish. Oh, okay. I was going to say okay. Cam Reddish. I was okay. going to say Cam Reddish. Yeah, right. that just goes to show his longevity in the sport. When you go to a team like the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks are pretty competitive too, mm-hmm. even with that young roster. So that tells you right there, he had a footprint on that team for at least the two seasons that he was there for. Now that we've set up the debate with all the facts on Zach Levine and Vince Carter, it's time for you to make your case. At this point, it's not about our opinion, it's about yours. We'll see you on your favorite social media platform, ready to check out your takes. Chime in on our Instagram at NBA underscore now and then underscore pod, on Twitter at NBA underscore now and then, and on our Facebook page, NBA now and then. Okay, guys, until next time, this has been NBA now and then. Peace. See ya. Later, guys.